Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome back to Soul Sisters. I hope that you all survived your Halloween parties. I have to say... I don't remember Halloween ever being as insane as it was in New York this past week. It was like New Year's Eve on steroids. Everybody was in costume. I'm talking children. I'm talking adults. I'm talking my brunch servers. Days before Halloween itself, everyone was just fully in costume like it was so to their skin and that was just how they look now. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we just really need to party as a country and so we're just going to seize every holiday that arises and you know I'm okay with that if that's what's going on I'm totally down um yeah anyway so let's talk about something that's very uh not American which is our guest on the podcast today Carla Bruni who I was so nervous and excited to meet because I've been obsessed with her music for over a decade now and she also was the first lady of France, married to Nicolas Sarkozy. And she was a model for years and has just been this iconic figure in many spheres of culture and politics for a long time. And uh, I was immediately glad to find out that she's also just a lovely person and we had a great chat with her. So she has a beautiful new album out called French Touch. She covers awesome songs, um, uh, like some of my favorite songs by The Stones and Patsy Cline. Um, Willie Nelson even sings a song with her on this album. So it's pretty badass and so is she. And I will just let you guys hear her now, Carla Bruni on Soul Sisters. People I love, I wait until they go to sleep. Uh -huh. you know, otherwise, they, they, you know, like my children, they don't know I'm a songwriter. They think I'm their mom. Yeah. <laughs> so they walk in, hey, you've got to live with cereals. And <laughs> a man would never have that, right? No, a man who is not. writing songs. He has, yeah, you, you say, know, leave daddy alone, he's working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And me, they come and ask, how do we do with the chicken? Right. <laughs> okay. Where's my t-shirt, you know? <laughs> so when do you sleep? Um, I, you know, never, not much. I yeah. sometimes nap. Okay. okay. That's good. Hey, that's a powerful skill. Yeah. Yeah. Is napping that when the writing? Lovely napping. Yeah. yeah so nice it. with it's wine. The oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, don't do, I don't do it with wine. Otherwise I'd be dead. But <laughs> in the summer you can little? do that. A little yeah, wine. Yeah, exactly. A little white wine and then. And then a little nap and then oh. swim. Yeah. Oh. To wake up. You know, again. That's a nice life. Yeah. 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 Well, one week in the summer. Yeah. There you go. Guys, 
Yeah, I just want to announce what's happening right now. Carla Bruni's on Soul Sisters. I want to clap for it because I'm so excited that this is happening. I'm clapping too. (laughs) I'm clapping myself. No, I'm clapping (laughs) you girls. This is fantastic. Carla Bruni, I have been such a fan of yours for a very long time. Thank you so much. And I want to tell you. No, when I studied abroad in college, it was the year after your first album came out. Mm hmm. And I was studying in Rome, and I had really good friends in Milan and Paris. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were all sharing your first album. Someone burned a copy of it. I don't remember what. We were trying to figure out this morning, actually. I told them you were coming on. We couldn't remember which was the first friend. But it was either my friend Kristen or my friend Erica. And we all shared your CD, and we listened to it the whole time we were living in Europe. And then we brought it back to college in Ohio. Fantastic. God bless you. And then we like listened to it all throughout the rest of our college years. And it, because it took us back to that happy place of of studying abroad. You know, it was the first time any of us had lived in Europe, and uh, it was just like the best time of our life. So I associate you with that. So I'm so glad. I'm so yeah. glad. <laughs> See, because songs are like perfumes, you know, they bring you totally. back right away. Sense memory, yeah. The fastest thing is probably perfume. And right after perfume, yeah. there is music, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It goes well, right into that place in the brain, brings you to that place, brings you to the same atmosphere. And it's, sometimes it's it's... It's, you know, it's melancholic to feel like that. Right. It's nostalgic and sort of very, um, I mean, it's troubling, you know, to go back in the past. Yeah, it can be good or bad. It's, uh, I can... I think past is good because you you're not there. Like let's say you are heartbroken in the past, yeah. And you know when when time has passed by, you feel good about being heartbroken, right? And while at the moment right. it was just misery, and, right, 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 and right. sorrow and tears and depression, yeah. And you know, twenty years after, you're like, oh, it's so nice. I was heartbroken. Right. How nice. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> so cute? Especially if it leads to anything creative. Exactly. And especially if your life went on right. and you didn't yeah, got yeah. stuck on something, you mm-hmm. know, because some some sorrows are too hard to recover from. But well, you know, heartbroken usually when you're young, right? You know, you recover from it right. and go to another love and find maybe someone better. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking cool. from experience, yeah, <laughs> a little uh, bit, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the only good thing about age, huh? Experience. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Will you pronounce that first album? It's a very funny um, title because it's a sentence that one says a lot mm-hmm. in, fr- in France, you know. And, you know, they say it, someone told me, you know, people say it without even thinking about it. And, you know, someone told me that the weather was nice, you know, in New York. And then, so, so you know what, the nice part about that title uh-huh. is that you don't know who is someone. You don't know exactly when they told you uh-huh. but the point is someone gave you good information right uh-huh. so that song says someone told me that you still love me and then you go on in the song and you realize that this girl doesn't know who told her doesn't remember exactly <laughs> when and you start d- having doubts about <laughs> yeah her being in a real love story or just imagining right. something right yeah and so that's the good part of that song is a song of a dreamer more than a song of a lover you know uh-huh. because uh it's a song that says that is not so precise about being in love and that this person is still in love with the person yeah but who where there's no indication yeah it's not for sure you know right. so you end up listening to the song and wondering or maybe no one told her. Yeah. You know, and maybe there was no one that loved her. And maybe she's all, you know, building that up yeah. in her fantasy, yeah. in her mind. Well, that happens a lot. People say, well, someone once told me. And then if you say, 
Who told you that? I don't think that's true. Well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Like someone once told me that when your eyelashes fall out, they never grow back. And I believe that for about 20 years of my life. Are you kidding? And then finally someone challenged me. And I was like, yeah, I guess it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that. Yeah, that's probably not true. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. Yeah. You know, words. Right. Yeah, they're funny things. So where were you in your life when these words came to you? I remember I was in somewhere in the, by the North Sea in France called La Boule, and uh, I wrote the lyrics, Quelqu'un m'a dit, and then I was searching for some music, right? And I searched for a long time, and I remember very well because I had a terrible flu. So I was sneezing and coughing and having fever, and that's not a bad condition for writing, you know, because uh-huh. first of all, you're stuck at home. You right, <laughs> and then you you don't feel so good, you know. So you feel a little bit dizzy and a little bit, and then fever is not bad for lyrics, yeah, and it's not yeah. bad for music too. And uh, it's just like a little alcohol, but yeah. just uh, loosens things up a little. Yeah, bit. loosen things up. No, you know, I've often said I like having like a cold sometimes because it makes you be really in touch with yourself. I agree. Like you're not focused on anything else. I just agree. Like what your body is feeling, and you, you spend need to a lot recover. of hours by yourself focusing on yourself. Exactly. So you can get work done that way? Mm, no, but maybe creative, sort of creative. work. That's yeah. what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Well, creative. I got creative that day in the middle of the afternoon. I've never been as creative raining. as Carla Bruni <laughs> being sick. <laughs> That's my new sick goals is Carla Bruni. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I get a terrible flu and write nothing right. the next time, you know? <laughs> So it was probably depending on something else. But I remember writing that song, you know, sitting on, you know, in this hotel room by the North Sea in front of the Atlantic, you know, and everything was gray and everything was rainy Mm -hmm. and by the beach, you know, rainy beach is not the funniest, you know, (laughs) thing in the world. But um, that's how the song came. So you had quit modeling at that time to devote yourself to music? Yeah, I mean, also modeling quit me. Did it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning jobs were starting to dry up a little bit? Uh, No, I mean, it used to be like to have holiday, like to have like two weeks of holiday in August, you would have to, you know, put the dates down one year before. And then it Mm. started slowing down. Yeah. You know, I was 30. And it's normal because modeling is not really about your appearance, but it's more like being new. Uh, okay. So, you know, they need new faces. And we were there for like 10, 15 years. Right. You know? yeah. I mean, they knew our faces by heart and yeah. our bodies by heart. Yeah. And we've been doing all sorts of advertisement and fashion shows yeah. and editorial, you know. So mm-hmm. it was a, a mix of... Uh, uh, so we were sort of, uh, we were not old, but we were um, used a little bit, you know. Yeah, a little too familiar. Yeah, a little yeah. too familiar. And they need, you know, people in fashion, it, the modeling is not the creative part of fashion. You know? uh-huh. It's like being, you know, like being the cherry on a cake, you know, but mm. you're not really baking the cake. You right, know? Right. It's more like the photographer, the designer, the, ma- the hair, the makeup, the stylist, uh-huh. you know. Um, so those are the creative uh, people of fashion. And modeling is like, the models we come at the end and we and you know and we appear and we bring something you mm-hmm. know but we did don't do the real so mm. creative people they need to change their support sometimes you know right. to, yeah. to get inspired also and also fashion is always evolving you know it never uh-huh. stays you know it's not really made of souvenirs you know yeah were you always conscious of that about fashion because you're such a creative person then was it frustrating for you not to really be modeling f- and yeah. not feeling creative or no not really because you know i could be creative from you know when i was in off modeling yeah. yeah in other ways and i was already writing 
a little music and mm-hmm. a few lyrics mm-hmm. here and there. And I would travel with my guitar. It was a great companion because it's quite of a lonely job. Yeah. And uh, But I wasn't frustrated. Um, it, w- it was good fun, you know. Okay. It's just, it was different from songwriting, which is such a lonely, lovely, uh, you know, delicate moment. Right. You know, and like a shelter. Uh-huh. Right. You know, modeling, it was more like uh, overexposure. But uh-huh. it was good fun, you know, for those years. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I was happy uh, to be modeling for so long. You know, we lasted very long compared mm-hmm. to, you know, a modeling career, usually three, four years. Yeah. When you say we, we who are you thinking of? Like, like who a are group some of, of people, you know, we were sort of a group of girls at the time. Yeah. Maybe 20, 25 girls, okay. always the same, seeing each other's old fashioned shows. Right. And sometimes a new one would walk in, you know, and become part of the group. Uh-huh. We got lucky because, you know, we became famous for nothing, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's say the truth. I mean, I I love that humility that you have about it. Did you always have that? Well, it's lucidity, you know, okay. more than humility. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, I'm not. Yeah, um, yeah it was, um, It we got very lucky. And uh, there was a few designers and photographers talked about us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we became names. Mm. Instead of being only faces and yeah. bodies, right? You know. Is that when you lived in New York in those days? Definitely, I lived in. Well, we lived all over the place. You yeah. know, basically the four cities were New York, London, Milan, and Paris. Uh-huh. Right. And then modeling started spreading out, and we went to other countries. But uh-huh. you know, collections were made in those cities. So I would do. At the time, Milan was the first city. Now I think it's New York. Uh, for the fashion okay. weeks, so we would do yeah. over and over the fashion weeks, and the rest mm-hmm. of the time we'll do editorial and advertisement catalogs, you know, and just modeling work. Yeah. And are you comfortable in that traveling lifestyle? Have you always enjoyed that, uh, as opposed to being set I mean, in one place? I enjoyed it when I was really young. I enjoy it a bit less now that I have small children at home because yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel, uh, I miss them, you know, and yeah. I feel like sorry to leave them and. Uh, so touring is great, you know, I'm starting this tour now, but it's always so ambivalent, ambivalent, uh-huh. ambivalent because uh, it's the pleasure to be on stage every night and then the, the pain of being away from, from home. And I, mm-hmm. and I become more, uh, I don't know, there's something more vulnerable with age, you know, like my heart used to be unvulnerable and now I am much more vulnerable. Yeah. I'm afraid of losing people, uh-huh. I'm afraid of, you know, Missing some time with my children, uh-huh. and you know you have less time, so you become more concentrated on the stuff that you need. You right? Know, that yeah. You need. That makes sense. So you took a time out while you were being first lady of yeah. France, right? Well, I've wrote songs and I actually released an album. People were shocked, <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. I didn't you know. Oh, in between those but I'm years, not you about okay, it, right? I'm just releasing music. Yeah. Right. I released my third album and it sold quite well and I did promotion all over the place. Okay, okay. And it was and your own music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My own music. Yeah. And, uh, and I had a lot of fun making the promotion, you know, because people were so, so confused. <laughs> <laughs> how did that all work and how out? You like, both and it was right. funny. It was sort of punk, yeah, you know, yeah, for yeah. me, you know, somehow, you know, it was very transgressive, you yeah. know. But for I a had, first lady to release yeah, a record. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I was, you know, it was... I couldn't stop, and the album was almost ready, and then I got married. What was going to do? Throw it away, you know? 
Ah, okay. So you made the album. I started recording the album and, okay. and writing the album, uh -huh. and then I booked the studio. You know, which you cannot go backward, uh, you right? know, because yeah. you stop the musicians are there, the producers, yeah. and coast <laughs> money. You know, it's yeah. funny. You think if anything could stop something, it would be being. <laughs> marrying the president <laughs> and becoming first lady say okay no. the studios can money. hold yeah. <laughs> you know it's just a label said you know everything was booked and yeah. he said and then and then and then i met my man and married him right and became became a disaster <laughs> and everybody <laughs> said oh my god what about your music and I said well you know i'm going to record the music and release it and what's the problem you know it's yeah. not that i'm doing something bad right, you know right, i wasn't right. you know it's not and, you know, every job is good, yeah. you know, unless you're a drug dealer, maybe, or, you right. know, well, or a prostitute. Then <laughs> this is what I want to know. What were his advisors telling him about marrying a musician? And what were your advisors telling you about marrying a politician? I think everybody was against <laughs> yeah, everything, <okay. laughs> you know. We didn't listen to advisors, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's so funny. It was good fun anyway. I mean, good fun. It was a great experience. Right. Yeah. Fun. Probably no, brought bravo. a lot to my music, you know. Yeah, right? sure. Did you get to perform it at the time? Uh, no, but I came to New York because there was a fantastic um, tribute for Nelson Mandela, mm -hmm. who was still alive at the time. And it was his birthday. So they made a fantastic tribute at Radio City Hall. Big, big, with lots of artists. Yeah. And there was a choral. Group choir, of choir yeah. from South Africa. Oh. And so I got to play Quelqu'un m'a dit with the choral. And I was playing uh, with my friend Dave Stewart, so from Eurythmics. You yeah. Know, yeah. And, uh, you know, sweet dreams are made of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And uh, because, you know, your generation <laughs> <laughs> never know. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Um, so anyway, we uh, we played Blowing in the Wind with Dave Stewart with wow. both our guitars. And there was a huge uh, picture of Nelson Mandela behind us. And the choir was singing with you? And the choir was singing oh with us. God. A beautiful choir from South Africa, you know, from his country. And uh, and then I played Kelkamadi on my own with my guitar and the choir. Oh. And it was one of them. So then there was the choir, so I did it very slow. So I saw myself, then I saw like a you know, a replay from it. Yeah. And I was really slow, like in a slow motion. <laughs> but the choir made it sound like a like a like a prayer oh. or like a gospel song, you know, it was beautiful. That's amazing. So I didn't really play live like in a regular tour. Right. But I had occasions, you know, to go it's and play. Very special. Very special <laughs> occasions. So very that was high profile. That was very nice. So nice. So nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had the, the pleasure and the honor of meeting Nelson Mandela and um, a few months before, so I was very happy to go and could bring this tribute. Yeah, yeah. but otherwise, to be I part mean, of it. Yeah, were you okay though with not touring in those years? Yeah, you were fine. Yeah, you know, at my age, five years, they just yeah, that's you know, true. That's very very true. fast. It's like five days. Yeah. So I wasn't touring for five days. Well, <laughs> big deal. <laughs> You're still able to play the guitar at yeah, night. Yeah, I play guitar all the time. Right. I wrote songs, and in any case, and then it was a great experience. So it's probably brought something into my soul that I will use one day. You know, with my writing or songwriting or even yeah. writing something else. You know. Right. So when did you actually start playing music? I started playing music very young because both my parents are musicians. Okay. My father uh, died now, but my father was a, a classic composer and uh -huh. my mother a pianist. So um, basically I played music all my childhood. Yeah, I played violin and piano uh -huh. and violin is very difficult. And piano, you need to work every day. 
if you don't work like every day. So then anyway, yeah. someone gave me, I think an uncle of mine gave me a guitar when I was 10. Mm-hmm. And then I completely fall in love because, you know, guitar was not institutional music learning. You know, you didn't right. have to write the notes, uh-huh. didn't have to read the notes. You could just play. And that's when I started playing all the songs that are in this, you know, new album. American classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. American classic. But yeah. I played many other songs, you know, but I wasn't going to make like, you know, 50 songs albums of covers, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there, mus- there was probably like maybe, yeah, maybe 50 or 100 songs that I would just play the whole day. The yeah. Beatles yeah. and of course the Stones, but also some French music, uh-huh. you know, French songs from those years and I would play you know for my friends for my family or just for myself to train you know okay so those songs are really coming before my own songs yeah Yeah. and I don't know if I don't know if my songs would be the same without playing these songs for so many years yeah because they you know you write from what you read Mm -hmm. that you start from something Mm -hmm. and you play from what you sing Mm -hmm. you know so I was playing other people you know so much time before I even thought of becoming a songwriter. Yeah. I was dreaming about becoming were you, a songwriter. Were you, when I you would practice, dreaming. would you think, this is something I would love to do Yeah, myself? but I thought I could never do it. You know, I, I thought I would never be able to do it. And then, uh, you know, by the age of 18 or 20 years old, um, I got a little bored of, you know, singing other people's songs. And I started, I said, well, you know, it's a melody. So I was always writing little lyrics. So I said, let's try to put some lyrics with some notes and to see if it works, you know? And yeah. that's how I started writing my first songs and Quelqu'un m'a dit came a few years after that. Oh, nice. Did yeah. you ever take voice lessons? Oh, yeah, I have to take voice lessons. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm, tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's very shy at you. Oh, really? <laughs> and then I thought, I'd never become a singer. And I thought, I become a songwriter and then I can give my song to people, right? Yeah. To singers that, you know, great performers and singers. Uh-huh. And so I went with Kirkamadi to see some French, you know, girls mm-hmm. that, that 
don't write, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I made them listen to Kamadi and they said, and one of them told me, but this is very intimate. You should sing it. You have to sing it. And I said, oh, but I'm too shy. I don't have enough voice. And they say, and she said, no, 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 you have to sing it. It's you. And uh, you're going to bring it. You're going to carry it. much, much. And she, she yeah. said, I like your songs. I love them. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, and then it became a success. So she called me back. She said, I can't I believe I refused this yeah. album. <laughs> she said, I can't believe it. And how deaf must of I be? For her. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't it. So then when I s- had to learn, uh, had to sing, then I started learning. And, and so now I can do. I mean, I'm not Adele, obviously, but. Uh, no, but you're <laughs> no, but you know, but you know uh, I, can, I can really carry my song now. And Definitely. it became much easier. Because it's hard to learn how to write, how to get inspired, yeah. how to write music, how to write lyrics. But you can learn how to sing, just uh-huh. like you learn how to exercise. You know, it's a Do you it's think a anyone technique. can really? Well. Anyone can <laughs> sing. Anyone can sing. Anyone, anyone, anyone. And they say, yeah, but some people don't have any ear. Yeah. But that's not true, because when it's educated, that I've seen... Um, a television documentary about um, in Romania, uh-huh. they took um, in orphan uh, orphanage orphanage yeah, yeah. with little children abandoned, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. They've been giving st- uh, music lesson to very small children, and they all have ear. Hmm. So it means that that's something s- that you can educate, you know, and yeah. everyone can reach music, you know. It's about memory and yeah. ear, right, and and, and sensitivity, yeah. you know. So huh. the performance element had to come. Like you must have been able, already comfortable standing in front of an audience because yeah. you had done that for yeah, years. That's for and the writing was coming and the yeah. music, but playing and singing at the same time and being confident in your voice. Yeah, that was that took me a while. But you know, by the age of seventy-five, I think um, I'd be a good singer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'd be a great singer. Okay, you know, you like go. my dreams, like my idols. You like know? who? I don't know, like Billie Holiday. Okay, right? there you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> Well, this yeah, big names, <laughs> eh? Yeah, yeah. Dream big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this new album, especially, I'm sure they, they're all examples of this, but it's like a like a living, breathing example of French romantic, like what we all consider romantic about the French mm-hmm. language and the French accent. It's like the lilt in your voice and the way that you sing and the smokiness and the just everything about it is kind of a personification of what we dream about. For the French, pretty good for an Italian. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You fake it well. You see, I'm born in Italy and I came to France when I was seven. But my mother's mother, my grandmother, was French. Oh, was she? And she raised me a lot. So I guess there's something about France that came into my hair and my my heart Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Yeah, because she was there a lot. I remember when she died, crying as if she was my mother. You uh-huh. know? So probably um, there's something affective that I have with France yeah. uh, that is not only coming from me going to France at the age of seven, being raised in France, because we were at Italian schools. Yeah. Yeah. So we were very much Italian, speaking Italian at home, uh-huh. reading in Italian, writing in Italian. Right. Um, but there was something from my grandmother that never, that never left my heart. You know, because she took care of me a mm-hmm. lot when you're very little and you need a lot of caring. Mm-hmm. My mother was a loving mother, but very busy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, my grandmother raised me. And uh, when I started writing, my hand wrote in French. <laughs> and then I married, you know. So then I became all French. <laughs> but the truth is that I'm perfectly half Italian and half French. Yeah. 
And Are you going to do an album in Italian? I'd love to. I mean, Italian sings, you know, easy. You yeah. read the menu, pomodoro, melanzane, focaccia. Yeah. Uh, it's only food and you know, that'd be a great album. Incredible? Carla Bruni reads the menus. <laughs> reads a Read just put yeah. good music on. Yeah, that's and it. Then <laughs> Very romantic. All just pizza <gasps> toppings. Mm. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, Italian is so vocal, so incredibly musical. You yeah, know? Even and you need a few words, and mm. it sounds musical. Mm -hmm. While English is the best language for songs because it has rhythm, you know, and it yeah. has. You know, it has so it's very good for pop music or folk music or right. you know R and B and all the music you can make. Uh -huh. Maybe don't know about classic music or opera, but mm. and um, French is very difficult for singing because it's a too right. It doesn't have it's a true. very and it doesn't Small have mouth. rhythm and it doesn't it's have vocals. You know, uh. it doesn't have vowels so much. Uh -huh. You know, and but it ha is very good for writing. Because it's a very literate language, uh -huh. you know, like to say one, you know, to to describe one thing, you have 20 words. Right. Yeah. And it's very rich. Yeah. And also uh, it's very poetic to write, you know, it has something very, I don't know how to describe. Oh, it's so it's, lyrical. It's, uh, yeah, it is lyrical. Uh, do you find it easier to sing in English than in French? Definitely to sing, but not to write. Right. Well, well, I can't uh, write in English, otherwise I would write <laughs> real songs, you know, <laughs> instead of making covers, you know. But David Foster said to me, uh, he came to my concert in Los Angeles and he said, oh, I like your voice, I like your songs, didn't understand a word. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, it really freaked me out because I was touring in America and you know, I came to New York and L.A., and then South America, and I thought the people were not going to understand the word. And my songs are sort of, you know, based on their lyrics, yeah. you know. And, and all my, you know, idols like Bob Dylan or Leonard Cohen uh -huh. or people like that, they talk their lyrics, people, you know. There's mm -hmm. something that they say yeah. is not for fun, you know. Uh -huh. It's something important, they say, uh -huh. in each song. So um, so I'd explain the song before I sang it. It was so embarrassing. I said, this is a song about... <laughs> I th I'm surprised that people didn't fall asleep, you know. I mean, so now I have <laughs> English songs, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't have to explain. No, don't This is a these. song written by ACDC. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> How badass that you have Highway to yeah, Hell in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's because of my son. He's playing always metal music and so loud. Yeah. And he said, Mommy, your music is really nice, but it's like lullabies. <laughs> and I said, not lullabies. It's like, uh, you know, your music you, sen you sing at night to your children. Yeah, lullabies. Yeah, lullabies. lullabies. Children are so, so mean like, oh, to their lullabies. <laughs> lullabies. And I said, okay. You see what you see. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, challenge you. accepted. Right. And then he listened to it and he said, still like a lullaby. It's very jazzy. He said. <laughs> you, think I'm somebody, you think I'm somebody very old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him, you know, ACDC, they're really old too. They're just <laughs> like mama. So funny. <laughs> How did you choose Miss You of all Stone songs? Um, we had Miss You and then we had another song called I Got the Silver okay. that I was playing on stage already for a few years. Yeah. And then... Uh, Maybe two or three other songs. We chose Miss You because we managed to change it. Yeah. And we made it some, you know, we tried totally. to make it like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a very mannish, you know, the Stones, they're very, you know, they're yeah. a band, they're very rock and roll, they uh -huh. have this incredible sound, and everything is very mannish, right? Yeah. And so we tried with my guitar player and David Foster, we tried to find 
a feminine way to make the song as if it was, you know, a girl song. And uh -huh. then we made it more Latin, you know. Yeah, yeah no, it, it has a swing yeah. to yeah, it. Yeah, it has a swing yeah. and it's sort of a, and I mean, you can dance the tango on it. Right, right, right. Actually, the real rhythm, you know, my guitar player, if he was here, Tao, he would say it, it's called a rumba flamenca. Yes, uh -huh. indeed. Nice. <laughs> Did you uh, tell Mick that you're going to do it? No, I just sent it them, yeah. the whole band. Okay. And Mick, of course, the song and the video. Yeah. That was a beautiful video made by... Oh, yeah, beautiful it's nice, video. the video by Jean-Baptiste Mondino, mm. who is a great uh, great film um, maker and video maker for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he did videos with Prince, with Madonna, and then he stopped doing videos for like... 10 years so I managed you know we managed to convince him to do the video so I was very happy so I just sent the video and then and then they posted something they posted that they like the Rolling song Stone yeah they? <laughs> and I was like yes yeah. because you know I mean I didn't call them you right. know? first yeah, of all yeah. I don't really talk to them so okay. much you know and then and then they're sort of busy. Yeah. So, but I was happy that that that's that they, they posted something. No, that's okay. awesome. And you got Willie Nelson in the studio with yeah, you. Yeah. No, I wish. Oh, so oh separately. Okay. we did it through. Oh, uh, now now people can so do can that. True, 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 true. But my I dream is to get him on stage. Like, no. Two aesthetically opposite people. You and Willie Nelson. <laughs> I was in the so together. crazy to have him on stage. You're gonna. You're gonna get him on stage. I hope so. I pray. I pray That'd for him. Yeah. Just to meet him would be enough for me. Yeah, and exactly. thank him in life. Yeah, you know? be able to thank him. And uh, but I think he's touring all the time. I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's an active uh, guy. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely. Sure it's possible. Is. Yeah, I'm gonna try to find him and go and meet him and thank him and mm. shake his hand. That yeah, would be yeah. a good legendary moment for me. <laughs> totally <laughs> fantastic. What a songwriter, really, and yeah. what a singer, and mm -hmm. what a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And no one plays like him, like his sound, the way he plays. You know, yeah. it's just so unique. Um, but in America, it has a lot of, of success. No, really, oh, yes. so people oh, know him for like a legend. Oh, yes. absolutely, definitely, yeah, for sure. Are you still a student of guitar when you yeah. you see people and are inspired and learning? Very and much. But um, um, there's some evolution that got stopped with guitar for some reason. No, no. Uh, David Foster said to me, are you going to play on the ABBA song you play here? And I said, no, no. We have this fantastic guitar player, my, my, my guitar player, and his guitar player was fantastic too. So I said, no. And he said, yes, you're going to do it because no one is going to play it in such a bad way. No one can play it as bad as you can. <laughs> and we want... And he said, and I want your clumsiness. Do you say clumsiness? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, That's uh, so you know, there's something he clumsy? Meant endearing. Yeah, See, yeah. yeah. What, what the thing is that, you know, I write my music with my guitar, so I can obviously play guitar, but I could never do a solo, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And I thought when I realized that, instead of working on my guitar playing, I thought it was useless, you know? Uh -huh. Because some people, they play incredible, but then they never write a song, right. you know? So it right. must be coming from somewhere else yeah in your soul you yeah know? so i thought i get a very good guitar player and i show him stuff can you do this <laughs> and then he always can do it and do it so much better you know uh -huh. than me so i can concentrate on writing something decent or something deep or something sentimental you know whatever the music is uh -huh. and uh i don't concentrate on studying guitar because you know right. at my age i'm not going to become Frank Zappa now, right. and said, um, or you know, just Billie Holiday, but not Frank. Yeah, Zappa. No, yeah, not but later, Billie Holiday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, 
But you do play on the record a little bit? Yeah, I play on the ABBA song, The Winner Takes It All. Awesome. Oh, yeah. You recognize, <laughs> you you recognize my touch if you, if you listen to it. <laughs> the beginning is me. And I said, are you sure about this, David? This is so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to bring the song down. And he said, no, we do it this way. And then I'm so relieved when the other instruments come <laughs> in. And because yeah. I'm alone for a while. <laughs> Until the cello once in, I'm alone for like, yeah, I would say like 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. And I do the same on stage, you know. I start the song, you uh -huh. know, alone. And then I say to the guys, hey, 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 hey. You know, <laughs> Let's me. go. Hey, hey. Yeah. I need some, you know, I need some help. Here, yeah, you know? yeah. So when they arrive, I feel like there's a very comfortable, you know, chair that is uh -huh. coming behind me. Yes. You know, and I can... Yeah, exhale a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I want to say that I love that you do Stand By Your Man. Thanks. And I know that people try to take issue with that song, <sighs> but I think there's something so delicious about you especially singing it because, yeah. like, you're a badass woman in your own right. And, you know, I'm sure you're a great partner to the people that you're with, but, like, you're not just standing by anybody, you know? No, so, no. So I think it's like. It's almost like Taking meta ironic or like there's like something so cool about hearing it. you sing that song. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, you know, um, the funny part is that Tammy Wynette, she didn't have the life of the song at all. She, she got went through married, many, many, many partners. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was probably dreaming about standing by her man. <laughs> yeah, right. But so never like found. Stability would ask. be nice. <laughs> Someone yeah. probably hey, wrote it. Gave are it you the man I'm going to stand by? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe, you know, she was coming from the 50s. And that was, you know, women were different then. You know, feminism was not as strong. Yeah. Women were not as independent. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were not all working. Many women were still be housewife yeah. and at home, you know, and even now it's like that. But now feminism is breaking through and women knows about their rights and they yeah. know about the freedom and they, you know, they know about their body. Right. And they decide when they have children or not. Right. And they can choose to be mothers or not, you know, and you can have Hopefully. all sort of different life. Yeah. You know? How do you feel about feminism these days? I, I, I feel like I've read kind of conflicting yeah, well, I feelings think you've had. No, I mean, I feel, um, I feel quite feminist, but I'm coming. I was born after a very strong feminist movement. Yeah. So I actually could... Um, I could afford um, not to be feminine, feminist and to be feminine, you know, because this pe this woman break the doors for us. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I feel now is that the new generation has to start again. Yeah. Right? And so that we always have to be sort of aware of this thing that machism is and is always ready to um, recover and come up, you yeah. know. And uh, so I don't know why is that. Maybe because... Uh, men are coming from us, and we're not coming from men, so they might be scared forever. Scared, sure, yeah. Well, when Terrified. there's progress, there's always going <laughs> to be a pushback against it. But yeah. I would argue that you've been feminist your whole life because because you've lived your life for yourself. Yeah, I mean, independence, yeah. you know, is very important. So whatever you call it. To be work. Yeah. Work, you know, and make your own life. Make your That's independence, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's being feminist, is right. not asking... Uh, you know, money to anyone and have your own job. That's already... There you you know, every woman that does this is a feminist. Exactly. <laughs> so is your husband home with the kids now? <laughs> not really. That's my fantasy of your life right See, now. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. My husband, okay. of course, he has so much energy that when he stops politics, he works the same. Right, of course. I'm like, I can't believe you're working the same. Yeah. He said, yeah, no, I take weekends off. And I'm like... <laughs> I can't really. believe you're working as much. <laughs> but now he's working in private work. He's yeah. a lawyer. He has a lot of work all over the world. So okay. he's traveling a lot. 
And you know, one other thing I want to say is that my man, who is very strong, sort of alpha type of uh -huh. man, you know, very classy. You have to have that personality yeah. to get into politics. I yeah, think. probably. But you know what? The thing is, he's the most caring man in the world. So he stands by me. Right. There, you know? you there you go. And he should do a cover of your cover. <laughs> yeah, but he's not, uh, not like to sing, you know. Okay. He said, no, singing will be not for this life. No. Just like modeling, he said. Modeling will be not for this life. Next life, probably. I'll stand by you. But no, what so happened funny. is that um, that's the reason why I stand by him. I mean, you know, is that, of course, he didn't look like that because when you're the wife, married to someone as a president, everybody thinks you're obeying to something, you know. But right. that's not, in our couple, it was never like that. Right, I mean, it's quite a literal... He li yeah, he leaves me so much room, you know. He yeah. never stopped me from doing anything. No matter what people would advise to him when he was a president, he would never listen. Well, he probably knew free. it wouldn't last long if you tried to. No, not only. He has respect for women. He's, uh, he's one of these men that is just crazy about women you mm -hmm. know? and he has respect for women and he thinks women has to be treated better than a man mm -hmm. so it's the opposite of a macho you know right, basically right, right. he has a maybe fascination for a woman yeah. he was raised by his mother alone you know uh -huh. and his father never really took care of him so i think he doesn't have he can fight men but he would never fight a woman mm -hmm. and that was a problem when he was into politics yeah he, he would not he would never fight a woman interesting yeah speaking wow. of Machos. Um, I everyone asks you what you think about Melania, and I don't care at all what you think about Melania. <laughs> but I would like to know this that this thing that Trump said that you two have dated. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. But he did that with many people at the time. Yes. And actually I think he did it himself because I read a note, I read something from a journalist that uh -huh. made a enquête that it was a habit. Yeah, of him to make of him. these lies. Just, yeah, no, just no, boasting that he dated people that he the, the press and pretend to be somebody <laughs> else. But the thing is that people, I think, recognize him. Oh so th this is not coming from you know from um, neither from me neither from nothing existing. Oh, it's like coming he might have from called. Yeah, I think he did it with Kim Basinger as well, mm -hmm. and Madonna. She must have. <gasps> Urticare, because yeah. she <laughs> doesn't like him. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, so she must have had. So I think it was a habit probably to keep the attention, to attract the attention away from business and yeah. put it on something else, you yeah. know. But I don't really know about all that, and I don't really care because it was not a major thing in my life. It was not, you know, I met totally. him once, and yeah. then it became public. That was very strange. Right. And I met him in a flight, so, yeah. So anyway, uh, and it was with someone at the time, so yeah. I find it very um, <laughs> unpleasant, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I'm a very, be true, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm the type of woman that likes women, uh -huh. you know, yeah. I mean, not uh, sentimentally or sexually, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I need women, I like women, uh -huh. I don't cheat on women, you know, right? and yeah. uh, we you never betray uh, someone, you know, yeah. that I know, being a woman, I like woman's relationship very much yeah so i find it very unpleasant because it was with another yeah, woman right know, well another also because thing. you're carla bruni and he should be so lucky yeah. <laughs> i just want to say I was, that for i the was very like, young like, i was on. not so famous at the time i just started modeling you yeah. know and come to new york and it was so funny to live in new york at the time yeah <laughs> coming from europe it was like wow you know some French writer, Louis Ferdinand Cellini, wrote about New York. The buildings are standing up. And it's true. You know, when you come from Europe, you feel like everything is lean. laying down. Everything's much Especially lower, Rome, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. Especially Rome, she looks like an older woman laying That's down so and aging slowly, <laughs> yeah. you know. Talk and about a no dusty city. That's Rome. Yeah. 
And but Paris is the same, and New mm -hmm. York is like a you know is like a standing city, yeah. sort of a jumping city. Yeah. So where did you live in the city? I lived downtown. I lived in Tribeca before anyone lived in Tribeca. Yeah. It was um, West Broadway and Chambers, nice. and then I live uh, I lived uh, 18 and Broadway, and then I lived in the Carnegie Hall because at the time a very good friend of mine, Mike Reinhardt, and his wife had an apartment in the Carnegie Hall. Oh, At wow. the time, it was still possible. So you would go up from the back elevator, and it was little dancers on the corridor, pe oh people playing trumpet. You know, it was living like living That's in the opera. Dream. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I think those apartments don't exist anymore. I think they, I don't know, I maybe don't know. Mike still has his apartment. But I don't know why. Anyway, I sort of, uh, he sort of left me a room in his apartment, and yeah. then he was always, uh, you know, traveling. So me and my best friend Marine, both modeling, we uh -huh. were staying in the Carnegie Hall. It was like a dream. Oh That's awesome. Yeah, Very and then cool. Tribeca, who was fantastic, and uh, Robert De Niro has just begun something called the Tribeca Center. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of um, library films, you right. know. But the the area was still a business area. Yeah, and at yeah. night it was That's still empty. And now it's completely different. Yeah, now, now the, the financial zero, district, yeah. everyone's moving there. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So when do you go on tour? When so I go on tour. Um, I start the tour at the end of October um, from with Greece. I do a, a European tour, okay. October and January. Uh -huh. Then I'll be in America in February. I'll be here on the 16th of February, right after Valentine's okay. Day. Nice. So I invite you to the concert if you oh, want. Thank you. It's only romantic yes. songs, yes. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be here on the 16th of February. Then I go to many other cities in America. And then... Uh, we go to South America later for Easter, wow. and we go to Asia, and we might go to um, we might go to Australia. My God, oh, I'll fun. bring the children then. Yeah. yeah, just for that one. No, but I mean, I I've never been to Australia. Have you ever been? No. no. It's so far, right? Yeah, right. You might go only once, right? Yeah. So you never had to go for modeling? No, either? I never had to go for or modeling. There's not visit, no, 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 state no. visit and no modeling by mistake. I'd love to oh. see New Zealand as well. Yeah. So maybe a little jump yeah. from Australia to New Zealand. Yeah. Because, you know, it's so many hours of flight from anywhere in the world that once you're totally. there, maybe it's good Spend to some visit. Time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a continent. Right. right. There's a lot like to Africa. see. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, the album's called French Touch, and it's out, and it's so gorgeous. So Thanks. beautiful. And you are the loveliest, and thank you for thank coming you. on the show. Carla Bruni, I want to clap you out. We've yes. been with a clap. And let's I don't clap. clap. I clap you girls. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Baby, why you wait so long? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.